Welcome everyone, I'm Gaia Lamperti from IBS Intelligence and you're listening to the IBSI Views podcast. Today I'm joined by Christo Borisov, co-founder and CEO of Payhook, a next generation spending software. Hello Gaia, thanks for having me today. So Christo, tell us, what's special about Payhook? Well, what is special is that within Payhook we're building the financial system of the world. So we are empowering financial teams and uh, executives to actually manage all the companies spent in a single system. Uh, from managing company cards to managing accounts payable to managing expenses with employees. All of that is fully managed within Payhawk uh, and we streamline and uh, digitalize the whole process. So there is no concept of expense reports, waiting for reimbursements and, and so on. So we are empowering all employees with a, with a, a physical or virtual card. And we are also supporting all modern payment methods that are available today, such as Google Pay, Apple Pay. Uh, so we are providing the ability to issue Visa commercial cards on our platform. Uh, we can ship you a physical card if you want uh, within uh, 31 countries uh, within three business days in Europe. Or we can actually provide you with a virtual card that you can load or your employees can load on their phone and they can start spending right away company funds. And the best thing about Payhawk is that all of those spending that happens, whether you spend to Google Pay or Apple Pay or to a physical card, is fully managed by the financial team. They have a real-time uh, ability to create budgets for the employees and monitor their budget versus actual in real time. And they don't have to go and chase receipts. All of that information is fully digitalized within the Payhawk platform, which saves a massive amount of admin time. Absolutely. And as we're talking about the payment sphere, the sector has seen a huge explosion in demand in, in recent times. How do you feel about that? Do you believe that this is a trend set to continue or have we reached a tipping point? Well, I think as with everything that happens during crisis, we see acceleration of trends and uh, this is a very good example where we see also acceleration in payments and in demands by customers. Initially, there was some fear uh, within our sector because usually expense management is very close to travel, but uh, in general, our platform is more focused on general spend. These expenses and travel is just... Uh, and this is where we saw a lot of budgets moving online managing a lot of subscriptions online, having the need to power employees that are remote and that are spread across multiple countries with a way to for them to pay for things or for for for, for a way for them to, to manage uh, budgets much more efficiently. And, you know, this is where we see the explosion of, uh, you know, financial products, especially that are also within the intersection of software. The next wave of innovation that we're going to see in the sector is exactly at the crossroads of different technologies. And in this case, you know, it is not just financial services anymore, it is software and financial services that is going to, uh, let's say, be the next step of innovations. That Absolutely. I know you're part of the TechFin Club, right? <laughs> so would you tell us what that means and, and why do you see it that way? I think, uh, you know, FinTech and TechFin uh, is an is, uh, interesting topic. A lot of those companies um, in the last three, four, five years, especially around the new bank segment that started emerging from 2015, you know, those were regarded as the, you know, the examples of what, you know, FinTech is. But as the maturity of the infrastructure of players that are empowering those financial services companies is increasing, once their maturity reaches a point, we're going to see a lot more competition stepping on the same infrastructure. And what that means is that the core financial product behind the scenes is going to be very similar. Uh, you're going to have a very limited numbers of way to manage, let's say, cards or bank accounts or payments. But then the innovation is going to come on, on, on the software part. 
you know, how do you manage your process? And this is where, for example, with Peho, you know, we are targeting mid-sized companies from 100 employees and above. Usually our speed spot is companies and organizations that have about five to 600 employees. And for them, the difference between a tool or a toy uh, where you can manage five and six cards is very different from a professional tool that you can manage 500 or 600 cards, right? And the big difference is in the process that you can create with this software and the complexity of the workflows and the complexity of the controls and the complexity of the function that uh, uh, and the capabilities that you can implement within the, uh, that system. Um, and that's why we are seeing a lot of the innovation, especially within the, uh, the B2B segment coming within the software stack, because there is so much potential of bridging the gap of what used to be the old school banking experience and your ERP system to a fully compliant and digital payments way uh, on top of your enterprise systems. Of course. And as you mentioned, banks in this landscape, what's the role of big banks? How do they or, or should they interact with these fintechs in such a way that both parties benefit from, you know, the wave of innovation we are witnessing now? I think big banks should stop looking at fintechs as competitors. Um, I think we have already seen some really large street banks trying to create their spin of a new bank. I think that's that's just part of the, the user experience maturity and these, these things are going to happen, but they really need to start working with those fintechs that are specialized on, within certain segments and try to identify common ways to collectively serve the customers better. Uh, because for a company like Payhawk, even though we are, for example, uh, together with our partner banks that we work with, we issue dedicated IBANs to the customers. They can do separate instant payments, faster payments on top of their accounts. We don't position Payhawk as a new bank uh, because we usually serve large customers and those large customers, we don't want them to see us as a competition of a traditional bank. And in many jurisdictions, you need to have a traditional bank account, you're required to have it by law. And in even some countries, you cannot actually register a business, like for example, in Bulgaria, if you don't have a bank account. So the role of the banks is that they have plenty of products that they offer, whether it is lending, credit, uh, mortgages, and whatnot. Uh, all those products are super essential to the economy. Um, and that's why banks are so heavily regulated uh, entities. But on the other side, the fintech companies, they come with an amazing ability to execute and deliver software on top of those financial services. And this is where you know consumers or businesses are looking into to really improve their processes, have much easier and fluent experience. And I think this is where a lot of collaboration needs, to, collaboration needs to happen. And we have been approached by the last maybe two years by more than, I would say, 20 banks on ways to work together. And we even had a person leading that. He used to be general manager of American Express for 11 years in the region. So quite experienced person. Uh, speaking to the banks, uh, trying to uh, find common grounds on how we can work together. But the reality was that as soon as we get deeper into a conversation with the banks, certain departments internally start seeing this as a real competition. And on a high level, it looks good. But once you start working with the banks, there is a lot of mentality and a lot of leadership role and drive that needs to happen with these companies to make them a lot more open to innovation and actually empower the organizations to be able to accommodate those innovations in a way where it is not competing or doesn't make it extremely uh, hard to justify and sell internally. So there is still a lot of a lot of work that needs to happen with the, within banks, but hopefully they're going to be seeing these, you know, unicorns being born, uh, which are making big strides and they need to get to the point where 
they need to start working with these fintechs more to be able to serve their customers better. And lastly, to conclude, what's in store now for Payhook? Well, in store for us is we are currently expanding heavily. So we're currently about uh, 60 employees and our goal is to get to about 100 employees by the end of the year. We recently closed our Series A of $20 million and we are currently aggressively growing the team. There is a massive demand for a solution like Payhook on the market. We are one of the, uh, I would say, the only solution that allows you to make and combine all the payment methods in a very fluent and easy experience for a large corporate or a scaling business uh, that the goal of this business is to reach its full potential. So our objective and vision is to really empower those businesses that are out there to achieve their full potential by managing and optimizing all of their financial um, stack uh, with a new solution like Payhawk. That's great. Thank you so much, Christos, and thanks to our listeners for joining us today.